0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. DW Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Now, Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630 KHAL, Denver's talk station. Let
3: the fuse and run now, brother, cause you ain't got a lot of time. Tulsi when it all goes to hell on your Gabbard weighed in on Fox News about the spy scandal that's emerging that most of the mainstream media is ignoring that Hillary Clinton's campaign paid to have some people look into DNS information this is server information search information internet connection information that was being held by a company. That was supposedly watching for hackers and security and safety for the White House as well as the Trump campaign and all that and many other places. And, of course, they paid to get access to that information. They were spying on then-candidate Trump and then-President Trump. And the mainstream media doesn't want to cover that. Tulsi Gabbard weighed in on this. Now, Tulsi Gabbard is a Democrat, former congresswoman from Hawaii. She's a military veteran. She is left of center on politics but she has been right on a number of very important issues like free speech and what a what an absolute curmudgeon corrupt jackwagon Hillary Clinton is.
1: Uh, what's being revealed here Jesse is is the truth. Hillary Clinton and the power elite in this country manufactured this Russian collusion lie, actively undermining our democracy and stoking the fires, moving us into this new Cold War. With Russia.
3: Now, what's interesting, and there's more of what, her, what she said, but I just want to pause it right there because this is super important. I said in the last hour, this is the biggest scandal since Watergate. It's actually a thousand times bigger than Watergate. It's actually the biggest political scandal since the Civil War. It's a huge deal. It's an active undermining of the election process and democracy in America. And how many times over the last year have you heard Democrats scream about how democracy is under threat because a bunch of buffoons went into the Capitol? How many times have you heard leftists scream that democracy is under threat because of anything that anyone on the right says that disagrees with them? And yet in reality, this is what was happening. The Department of Justice was weaponized against a particular political candidate. One that, by the way, let me just give you some context on this because I love context. Context matters when you're searching for truth. How did we get Trump to begin with? How did we get Donald Trump to begin with? Let me tell you how. It was an interesting, perfect storm of things that came together. And I watched this with actually with fascination. Now, full disclosure, I voted for Trump twice and I don't like the guy, but I voted for him twice. There are things I like about him and there are things that because I can find something I like in everybody. There's. Yeah, I was actually going to say maybe there's nothing I like about Biden, but there actually is something I like about Biden, although that was damaged yesterday when he told a story about a dead dog. I'll get to that later in the program. You're just going to have to listen to the whole time. Okay. anyway, the point is I can find something I like about just about anybody. But I've always been weary of Trump because he's not a lifelong conservative. He was actually fairly New York Democrat for quite a while, except when it came to business. But I watched this all develop, because the, the Republican Party actually had a fairly decent candidate field in the 2016 election. But there was one dude that sort of loomed over all of them who had the dynamics of personality, of sopped milk toast. And he was the heir apparent to the Republican throne, if you will, and that was Jeb Milktoast Bush. You remember that uh, Ren and Stimpy show and they used to have Milktoast Toast Man? That was like their superhero was Milk Toast Man. Like, like that was Jeb Bush. He was the heir apparent. But there were some other fairly decent candidates um, in that trough, so to speak. And then there was Donald Trump. And up until that election, Donald Trump was the celebrity apprentice Uh, and the guy who said that Obama wasn't a citizen of the United States and he was just this crazy showman that makes cameos in movies. Everybody kind of loves him. Everybody kind of hates him. He's just a bombastic dude with orange hair and orange skin up until that point. There was an operation that was conceived between the Hillary Clinton campaign and many of her friends in the media, and I watched this unfold, and it was, let's promote Donald Trump. Because one of two things is going to happen. The guy's a showman, so he'll either hurt the possible good candidates um, or he'll win, which would be like an outside. That would never actually happen. They never thought that would happen that he would become the nominee. But if he did, they would easily beat him in the fall. So their idea was, we'll prop up this one guy. And I, I watched this happen. I would, I would turn, I would tune in MSNBC. Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski would be yucking it up with Donald Trump almost every morning on the phone. He'd be on the phone and they'd be yucking it up with him like they were best of friends, best of pals. And 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 the, you look at CNN. He'd be calling into somebody on CNN. You'd go on MSNBC, be calling into somebody on MSNBC. And then he'd be on Fox and he would be on all these plays. But all these media outlets were having him on and they were having these yuck, yuck fests with him. We're like, ah, ha, ha, woo, hoo, hee, hee, he. right. And I was watching this and I was like, this is pretty amazing. Meanwhile, Trump is pretty smart in the sense that he's a showman and he knows how to appeal to people and he was just doing what Trump does. And all the other political candidates in the Republican field were basically following old Republican rules of war and they were losing because America was kind of hungry for something that was outside. And so none of these guys could sufficiently mount an outsider campaign against a guy like Trump who knew exactly what the political winds were saying and how to capitalize on him, and Hillary Clinton underestimated him. But they created him because they're the ones, any other, you look at Trump's poll numbers going into the primary, and everybody wrote him off as kind of a joke, kind of a celebrity guy we all seen, but he's not a serious candidate. He wasn't the last time around. He won't be this time around. He's just Trump. He makes cameo appearances on Home Alone. But as his message began to gain steam because the mainstream media gave him that platform, and I'm not I'm not saying they shouldn't have, I'm just saying they thought they were doing something good. And then Hillary Clinton got shellacked because she was literally the worst presidential candidate in the history of presidential candidates. She was, well, maybe not worse than Michael Dukakis, but she was pretty damn bad. So that's what gave us Trump. So if you're asking, like, that's what gave us Trump. So... Then they had to figure out how are we going to stop this machine that we created. And that's when they came up with the whole Russia hoax idea. And that is when they began to actually try to manipulate the outcome of the 2016 election. And when that didn't work, they got people inside our government to help them try to undermine a sitting president. Guys, this is a huge scandal. It cannot be underestimated in its scope and how dangerous it is to the future of our ability, yours and mine,
1: to pick our own leaders. The damage that they did to the American people, our democracy and others around the world is immeasurable. It's impossible to measure. And, and, and it leads us to this point where we sit today, where we have people who were integral in making this happen, people like Jake Sullivan, now holding very influential positions of power in shaping our countries.
3: He's the national security advisor to Biden.
1: Foreign policy. And what they're doing is telling the American people, they're telling us, saying, hey, you've got to be ready to go to war with Russia or other countries to uh, you know, spread democracy, to protect democracy and yet they're actively undermining our democracy here at home. This is the their hypocrisy being exposed and the American people deserve accountability. Hillary Clinton and her warmongers need to be held accountable. She
3: is so right on this and what's interesting is when when Tulsi Gabbard was attacking Hillary Clinton very well um, she what was what was Hillary Clinton's response to Tulsi Gabbard? Called her a Russian agent. I mean, they couldn't even make this up. I I, I mean, they, they you couldn't even make this up if you tried. That's her only card, Russian agent. Meanwhile, she's working with Russians and she's working with people in our own government to literally manipulate an election, which failed, thank God, but extended beyond that and created kind of part of the mess that we have now. So I want to back up and just make one bigger point here this is why I said last hour that there's two things that will save freedom in America. And I can't emphasize this enough. It's curiosity, restoring our curiosity, our desire to, to know things, to learn things, to look outside of our echo chambers. And two, and I think this is even more important. It's going to be a relentless percent of the truth pursuit of the truth on the part of average everyday citizens. We all have a part to play in the restoration of order, sanity and, and freedom in america you and i not just talk show hosts not just social media influencers not just politicians and candidates but you and i real everyday middle-class hard-working american people have to seek the truth and vote accordingly bringing it back to this this is why we can't have nice things until we do these two things because here's what's happening everybody is retreating into their camps it's a republican or democrat and so you get these news stories, or lack thereof, that are shaded to pre- to to help propel one or the other side forward. And we often forgive the blemishes on our team so that we can attack the blemishes on the other team. And it becomes this huge tit-for-tat. And what ends up happening, and this is the biggest problem, is that real, honest-to-God issues don't get talked about by the people that will eventually lead us, which leaves you and I, without good choices and without the leadership necessary to solve the problems that we face as a society for instance the national debt for instance a crime wave sweeping the country for instance a pandemic that has crippled our nation for instance our foreign policy that has us stretched too thin for instance government spending and government intrusion in our lives for instance Corporations and big tech blending together with government and I could go on and on these are big issues These are big issues like freedom of speech freedom of association freedom of expression These are huge issues that lie at the foundation of the very country and we can't talk about them Because everybody has to retreat to red team blue team Meanwhile big tech is able to get away with stuff do you know there was a great twitter uh, account called defiant l's Meaning defiant liberals And it was so hilarious what this whoever did this, whoever was behind this Twitter account would take old tweets from liberals versus new tweets from the same liberals and show the hypocrisy. So, like, for instance, as an example, a tweet uh, with a quote from Kamala Harris saying that she wouldn't trust the vaccine from Donald Trump. And then another tweet where she's extolling the idea of the of the vaccine mandate. Same vaccine, same people that developed it. Totally different opinion on it. Well, Twitter banned them yesterday. This was a becoming a very popular Twitter account because they were constantly just hitting the Democrats with this hypocrisy level 1,000. And Twitter did the most, like the 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 most ironic thing they could have possibly done in a situation like this, right? Like if the if defiant L's is basically showing that hypocrisy of liberalism, right? Twitter, who once celebrated Freedom of the Press Day, basically banning a tweet. But and, and, and here's the irony of this. You have a Twitter account that all they're doing is just posting old tweets. They're just showing you old tweets versus new tweets. It's just screen captures of tweets that actually exist and are still on Twitter. They haven't been banned. They haven't been suspended. They haven't been deleted. They're still on Twitter, and they're just posting pictures of them. And so Twitter comes along and bans the account or suspends the account that is posting pictures of tweets that still exist and Twitter did nothing about. That is the irony, and it is the absolute best example of the times we live in right now. And these are big issues. But everybody retreats to their corner. And until we start seeking truth, which is why I love Tulsi Gabbard, right? Like, I completely disagree with her on a lot of politics, right? Like, she's not big on guns. Uh, She likes kind of like universal health care She likes universal basic income. These are big issues that I don't want to, I don't have any agreement with her on, but I damn sure rather be having a debate over those issues because they're substantive and we can talk about policy and we can talk about why they're wrong on that than to be having a debate right now over whether or not I'm forced to take a jab by government or I'm forced to take a jab to keep my job or a debate right now over whether or not I can even say what I want to say on a social media platform that clearly has biases. And, and and whether and I would rather be debating her about the size of government and and the second amendment and 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 nationalized health care and universal income than 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 have a sitting I mean excuse me a former a former duly elected president banned from Twitter I would rather have those dis- substantive conversations about things that really matter to you and me right things that matter to you and me like Why did we kill our energy independence as a first move of this current president? And now we're all sitting here and I saw a report today. We should see gas that could go as high as $150 a barrel. If we do, we're going to be paying $5, $6 a gallon by summer. Are you freaking kidding me? That affects you and me in a way that is almost unfathomable. We should be having those conversations right now instead of Democrat this or Republican that. And yet we're not. So, all right. I have a couple minutes here. I want to give you a heads up on uh, a story that you're going to see in the national news. I've seen it hit a couple places now, mostly from the right wing perspective, which is going to be uh, Black Lives Matter activists tried to assassinate uh, a Democratic mayoral candidate in the city of Louisville, where I moved here from. Uh, And now that Black Lives Matter activist has been bailed out of jail by the local Black Lives Matter group. Now, I want to give you some background on the story, because what you're going to see is the big headline. The big headline is BLM activist and anti-gun activist, and those are true about this individual. BLM activist and anti-gun activist bailed out by Black Lives Matter after attempting to assassinate Democrat candidate. This particular individual is an individual who has been an activist for a while, but he also clearly has some mental problems. And it's my opinion that local media in that city took advantage of him. Um, in order to use him, and now he's going to become this sort of lightning rod situation. I'm not defending what happened in any way, shape, or form. In fact, the real nut of this story that is nuts and crazy and that you'll see as the, da- the facts come out is that you have an individual that went into a political office of a Democratic candidate in downtown Louisville and started shooting, allegedly, allegedly. And this allegedly... This alleged situation was, you know, I mean, they're pretty sure. But anyway, this guy goes in and allegedly starts shooting and a bullet grazes a Democratic candidate for mayor in the city. And now he is out on bail like two days later because it happened on Monday. And now he's out on bail two days later. And one is going to scratch one's head to go how, because think about the think about the dynamics of this story. I mean, there were a bunch of people in the office and this guy goes in and allegedly starts shooting. So imagine that situation if it were anything other than this particular individual with this particular uh, association, right? What would the news coverage be had it been, say, a conservative talk radio listener that had gone in and tried to assassinate a Democrat candidate for mayor in the city of Louisville? What do you think the mainstream media coverage would be? And up until now... You're only seeing one side of the story, and that is the right side of the story. And what's going to end up getting missed in this story as you start to see it come out because it's going to be a national story. What's getting missed is an individual who has issues and has now thrust themselves into the middle of a major media story. So I just want to give you a little background on that because that story is going to come out or it's already coming out. I'm already starting to see it in national news and on the right hand side, you know, some sites that I frequent, it's, it's all about BLM and. Um, you know, anti-gun activist tries to, assi- and, and that's true, allegedly, obviously. I mean, the story front of the story is true in the sense that someone did that. This is all alleged. But at the end of the day, there's a bigger story here. And it, it goes back to our discussion about crime and about optics of that crime and the optics of doing things like low bail for major crimes and then how these things would be covered if it was someone different it's crazy it's a nutty story so we'll keep you posted on that I am Leland Conway 630k how Denver's talk station
0: hello it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Kurt offers securities through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC, and advisory services through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc. A registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Centennial Capital Partners are not affiliated.
3: All right. 630K, how Denver's talk station. I am Leland Conway. My friend, Cameron Cambier, Centennial Capital Partners alongside... Uh, Cameron, it seems as though maybe, maybe there's hope that Russia's backing off and we won't see a hot war in the Ukraine, but who knows? There's still anxiety. And how is the market responding to all of this sort of geopolitical upheaval that we're seeing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great question. And, uh, you guys know, um, how much I push history and this is no different. So, you know, let's take a look back at how it's reacted to some geopolitical events in the past, the bombing of Pearl Harbor, for instance, resulted in a 3.8 percent drop in the S&P on December 7th of 1941. But within 20 days, the index was actually back up 0.3 mm-hmm. percent. And there was a worse reaction after 9-11, which triggered a 4.9 percent a decline on the first day. And after 20 days, the market recovered and was actually up 4.9 percent. And uh, remember when Iraq invaded Kuwait Well, the S&P fell 1.1% and was actually down 9.3%. 20 days later, but was up 10% within the next 200 days. So, you know, if it does happen, of course, guys, nobody knows for sure. But we think a similar reaction is going to happen in the market, which what I'm trying to press here is short term. You know, guys, understand we're in a secular bull market, which essentially means a long upward trending market. doesn't mean we won't have volatility or corrections. It just means that When they do happen, they tend to go down pretty quick but also recover pretty quick. So, guys, just keep that stuff in mind. Look over history, and it will make your decision-making that much easier on you when these difficult events do or if they do happen, I guess I should say.
3: Makes sense. Uh, How do folks get a hold of you if they want to get a little advice on how to allocate their portfolio right now?
2: Absolutely. And we're at 303-584-1161. Guys, give us a call. We'd love to chat. You can also go to the website, which is KurtCambier.com. That's K-U-R-T-C-A-M-B-I-E-R.com.
3: Awesome. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Cameron Cambier of Centennial Capital Partners. Have a great day, sir.
2: You too, Leland. Thanks.
3: All right. 630K, Hal, Denver's talk station. I am Leland Conway. Text the show directly, five seven seven three nine five seven seven three nine. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Leland Show. I stand corrected. If anything, when we get things wrong on the show, I will go back and make it right once I know that the facts are out there and I stand corrected. Thank you, Jim Bob and Anonymous. I said that the superhero on Ren and Stimpy was Milk Toast Man, and I was fabulously wrong. It was Powdered Toast Man. Thank you, Jim Bob and Anonymous. Anonymous apparently has the comic book to prove it. Oh no! I remember. I totally got that wrong. It was powdered toast, man. I, it, it, I was making a joke about the milk toast uh, personality of Jeb Bush. I'm sure he was a good governor of Florida, but he had he had the personality of powdered toast, man. So there you go. All right, 6:30 How, Denver's talk station. Uh, here's something that I I heard a little news story just a couple of uh, segments ago, and it was the CDC. Is may it, it, the, the news story was the CDC may change their mask guidance next week. Now, everything is theater, okay? And this is proof of it. So last week, after there was a wave of blue states that began dropping mask mandates, Rochelle Walensky goes out on national TV and is like, we have not changed our recommendations. And the president goes out and goes, we're going with what the CDC says, right? And the science says, right? The science still says, they said, the science still says. Well, now they're going to reconsider in a week. Because somehow between the wave of blue states dropping mask mandates, which, by the way, Dr. Fauci says is absolutely not political. Where is this audio? He said, uh, da, 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 da. "Let me see if I can find it." Yeah, not political.
1: So, do you think that the local politics, when it comes to these kinds of mandates, are overriding the science, or largely no? Well, I,
3: I, Hallie, I wouldn't say it's the politics. I think it's 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 the different uh, evaluation of what's right for a particular community. I mean, you use we use the word politics. I'm not so sure it's that. I just think at the local level, there's a strong feeling of needing to get back to normality. Now, if you look at the science of it, I mean, the direction is going in the right direction. Are we there yet in every
2: single place throughout the country? I don't believe so, but there are some places that are looking at what the trajectory is and saying, let's go with it. It's likely gonna
3: continue to go down. Okay, let's see. Now, you see how the science is changing. He is the science and the science is changing. That's their excuse is that the science changed. So we were authoritarian all the way up until now. And then people were like, we're fed up. You know, in in Canada last weekend, the peak of the protests in Ottawa reached almost 2 million people. Canada's population is 35 million. That is half of 1% of the entire population converged on their capital city to tell their government to stop with this nonsense. And by the way, Ottawa... Not Ottawa, sorry, Ontario, which is where Ottawa is. Ontario today announced they are going to drop the vaccine passport uh, requirements. So in some way, now they're also giving letters to the protesters saying we're basically going to, we're coming in hot tomorrow. So you better get your stuff together and get out of here if you don't want this, right? Right. But this is having an effect. This is having a major effect. To give you an equivalence, that would be the equivalent of 7 million Americans marching on Washington, D.C. And up until now, the government, certainly Trudeau's government, has been ignoring them. Meanwhile, here in America, it's become clear from the poll numbers that states that have these draconian measures in place that are not scientific, there's been plenty of science for a long time to tell us we don't need to be masking ourselves. And here's the Fouch running around going, it's not really politics. It's just a strong feeling that we need to get back to normal. See how they reword that? Dude, this is all theater. So here's what's going to happen. Next week, the CDC is going to come out and say something to this effect. Shannon, I want you to record what I'm saying right now and mark it because I, I bet you whatever the CDC statement next week is, is going to be very close to what I say right now. They're going to come out and they're going to say something to this effect. We believe that masking is still good for those areas where there are high COVID counts and that local communities can make the best decision for their local area based on what's happening on the ground. Mark that. It's going to be some version of that because here's... Rochelle Walensky, in the news yesterday, making a very similar point.
4: I know that everyone is anxious to move beyond this pandemic and some of the ways we have had to change the way we live over the last two years. We all share the same goal, to get to a point where COVID-19 is no longer disrupting our daily lives, a time when it won't be a constant crisis, rather something we can prevent, protect against, and treat. Moving from this pandemic will be a process led by science and epidemiologic trends and one that relies on the powerful tools we already have, including vaccines, boosters, Testing and treatment
3: and she says the CDC wants to give you a break
4: We want to give people a break from things like mask wearing when these metrics are better and then have the ability to reach for them again Should things worsen
3: okay, so they're gonna hang on to this understand We're gonna give you a break on the mask until after we're reelected and Or at least the politicians who keep us crazy bureaucrats in power are reelected and then we'll reach for them again when we need to put you under our thumb guys If the science says we should mask, we should mask until the science says we shouldn't mask. But that's not what's happening here. We've never been in a situation where the science has said we should mandatory mask. Never. We have never been in a situation where the science has told us that we must mandatory force everyone to mask. This has all been about control from the very beginning.
4: If and when we update our guidance, we will communicate that clearly, and it will be based on the data and the science. However, it's also important to remember, regardless of the level of disease burden in your community, there are still very important times to continue to wear your mask. If you're symptomatic or feeling unwell, you should wear a mask. If you're in the 10 days after a COVID diagnosis, you should wear a mask.
3: These are the only times we ever should have had people wear masks. What she just said right there is the only thing that science has told us.
4: If you are exposed to someone with COVID-19 and are quarantining, you should wear a mask. So
3: we're on the off-ramp, guys. That's what we're on right now. It's a temporary off-ramp to try to save the Democrats' chances in the fall. That's what this is. That's what Fauci's doing. They're all participating. It's all theater. It's been theater from the very beginning. The only thing we ever should have done was quarantine the vulnerable, quarantine the sick, let those that are healthy go about their life. Get the virus if they get it, like the flu, they'll get a strong immune reaction and they'll be better for it. Instead of locking everything down, weakening everyone's immune system, shutting down businesses, destroying the economy, all so they could win an election. Now they're trying to win another election and they're trying to pretend like they support freedom. And they're trying to pretend that the science has changed and it has not. Now, this is interesting. FDA executive officer Christopher Cole was caught on tape by Project Veritas saying that Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible and that what they're going to do is roll this vaccine into an annual shot and it's going to be a lot of money for big pharma.
0: Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. So you have to get an annual
3: shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet. They don't want to, like, why uh, are they going out? The drug companies, the food companies, the vaccine companies,
2: so, they pay us hundreds of millions of dollars a year to hire and keep the reviewers to approve it. If they can get every person
3: required an annual vaccine, that is a recurring return of um, uh, money going into their, their company. I mean, just from everything I've heard, they're not going to not approve this. That's an actual news story that nobody in the mainstream media is going to cover because every segment is sponsored by Pfizer. And that's, a, that's the FDA executive officer, an FDA executive officer, Christopher Cole. And that video was banned by Twitter, by the way, because Veritas put it on Twitter and it's banned by Twitter. Why? Why is that? Somebody in that position of power, even if they're wrong, it's worth listening to and checking out, is it not? Even if he's not telling the truth or even if what he says is not correct, even if what he says is skewed, even if what he is saying right here is 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 based on not enough information, him being in that position as an FDA executive officer, wouldn't that be worth if you're a journalist and you're interested in holding power accountable and two years ago you distrusted Big Pharma because they were all greedy S.O. blanks? Wouldn't that provoke you to actually do a news story? Huh. But no, it gets banned from Twitter. If anybody is wondering why there's been so much resistance to the things that they have told us we need to do for COVID, it's because of stuff like that. Getting buried, getting banned, getting squelched. All right, we'll continue. Coming up next, what is a phrase sexual? Sexual and also a covid free island 630k how Denver's talk station All right 630k how Denver's talk station text the show directly 57739 57739 New York post headline judge denies emergency order for nyc hospital to give Ivermectin to covid patient a Manhattan judge says she won't force a hospital to give an ailing post-COVID-19 patient the uh, controversial drug ivermectin after the man's wife sued for the uh, non-FDA-approved treatment, according to a new ruling. Erica Quintero Sherry brought a civil case against Mount Sinai Hospital on January 26th, seeking an emergency order to give the uh, to have the drug given to her husband, Benjamin Chernovsky, who's been on death's doorstep after contracting the virus last month. So... All they've been telling us is that they're following the science, and yet we have judges interfering in our medical care. How is that the science? We know that ivermectin, whether it's effective on COVID or not, chances are at this point in this guy's case, sadly, it's probably not. Because the studies show that it's only effective early on and not late. But here's... So many stories like this, people that are desperate to try to save their loved one's life, and we know that that, that ivermectin is essentially like aspirin. In fact, it's probably safer. Now, th- do we know for sure that it affects COVID in a positive way? I don't, no, we don't. We have anecdotal and some strong, uh, strong study evidence that it is, in fact, effective if administered early on. But that is really for the patient and the doctor to decide, and the patient specifically to decide because we know that giving this drug would be the equivalent of giving aspirin at the very worst for a migraine. It's not going to hurt it. It's not going to hurt the patient. It, it At the very least, it's not going to hurt the patient. But it may help them. So why is a judge getting involved in this conversation? Because it's not about science. When healthcare professionals... Won't prescribe something that is known to not be harmful and could potentially help when requested by a family who has someone on death's doorstep and they want to do everything they can, and yet in some cases, healthcare professionals won't do everything they can. How is that following the science? It's not, it's all been theater. Um. All right. Uh, Fauci said, according to Steve, Fauci has just reiterated that he is not political and you need to adjust your talk show accordingly. LOL. <laughs> Thank you. John says it's not the science that has changed. The correct statement is that the political science has changed in the past. They follow the political science, not that the medical nor real science has changed. Exactly. I'll leave you with this. A secluded island is COVID-free, but inhabitants will likely kill you, is the headline. Daily Star reporting there's still one place on Earth where COVID isn't an issue. In the Indian Ocean lies North Sentinel Island. It's about 400 miles, or excuse me, several miles off the coast of India. The island has 400 or so inhabitants, and they have remained COVID-free, says the story. But don't you dare think about paying them a visit for over 60 thousand years i don't know if we know for sure that sixty thousand years it says for 60k years i'm going to say for 60 years numerous attempts have been made to explore the island and the sentinelese these are the folks that inhabit the island have a reputation for killing visitors on site the island is believed to be so dangerous in fact that india has made it illegal to go within three miles of it so here's the question how do they know it's COVID free asking for a friend. Dan Capitalist is next. I am Leland Conway. Joe O'Day tomorrow, 630K House, Denver's Talk Station.